Hello. 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 The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast starts right now. to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between. The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 70s and 80s, and you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now your hosts, Jeremy and Jeff. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy and solo again today, but Jeff will be back for our next episode on Friday. Uh, this is kind of a, a midweek episode. I wanted to come in and update you based on some email I've gotten. First of all, I want to thank everyone for tuning into the first two episodes. We're off to a pretty good start, which is great. Any of you that have done a podcast know that this is, it doesn't usually happen quick. It's an organic thing as, as they spread out and word spreads. And of course, anything that you can do is sure appreciated in terms of sharing, listening, liking, posting positive reviews, <laughs> hopefully positive reviews. But thank you so much, uh, because we have gotten off to a good start. Uh, I wanted to read you some email that I've got. One email is from Blake, and he says, I'm enjoying your podcast, really liked your last episode on the family tree of classic rock, but I do have a slight bone to pick. You never mentioned another fruitful branch. Yes. What he means by that is the group, yes. <laughs> they always make a lot of connections. Keep up the good work. So, Blake, thanks so much for listening, and thanks for sending the email. And then we got one other. Let's, let's talk about Blake's really quick because he makes a very, very good point. Yes is one of those bands, man, almost, almost as much as, as the deep purple black Sabbath that really sends a lot of branches out. Also, if you think about the classic yes lineup, you know, we had Steve Howe on guitars, Alan White on drums, keyboards. You could pick Jeff Downs or Rick Wakeman. Um, or Tony K. So a lot, a lot of different keyboard players there. Obviously, John Anderson, Chris Squire, you know, a lot of people there. But here's where it gets interesting. In yes, more than anyone else, I think it's Steve Howe that gets you a lot of, of branches. So think of, think of what Steve Howe did in the early eighties with Asia. Okay, so he goes out with Asia, and that hooks him up with Carl Palmer, Jeff Downs, who was also in Yes at, at times, but also a member of the Buggles. Uh, so we get him with Jeff Downs and John Wetton. Okay, John Wetton, phenomenal bass player, phenomenal singer, who was in, oh gosh, he's been in King Crimson. And by the way, Bill Bruford was also in King Crimson, and Bill Bruford was in Yes. He was in UK. 
He was in Wishbone Ash for a while. Uh, so you get that Steve Howe connection with Asia. And again, you could, you could follow the tracks out from there as well. So all of a sudden, now that you've got the Asia connection, you're tied into, as I mentioned before, uh, ELP, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Uh, remember Steve Howe also was part of GTR. Do you guys remember GTR from the, from the mid eighties? GTR was a project that he did with Steve Hackett, who was in Genesis. So now you bring in Genesis also. So more prog rock goodness there that we've got, you know, yes. And Genesis in there that ties them in with Asia. And I'm sure there's, there's more, uh, that I'm missing. But yeah, that's a good call. I really should have mentioned yes, because they're another one of those bands with, with players like Steve Howe and, and John Wetton that have played with all kinds of different people that really ties in much of the classic rock neighborhood, right? Uh, one other email. And again, I, I just kind of mentioned this in an aside. It's a really short one from, uh, Metal Master 1969, who says, Thanks for mentioning Wishbone Ash. Uh, and I just mentioned John Wetton actually was in Wishbone Ash for, for a brief period of time. Take the time to listen to Wishbone Ash. Okay. Wishbone Ash is one of these bands that their influence was way bigger than their commercial success, much like UFO. Okay. They influence so many bands. I would go so far as to say that many of the twin guitar bands that we think of, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, they owe a lot to Wishbone Ash. Because Wishbone Ash was way back in the early 70s doing some phenomenal stuff. And they deserve a lot of credit uh, for what they've done. Now, at some point, I'd kind of like to do a show on Wishbone Ash, but let me just say at this point, they, they're a, they're an important band and influenced a lot of people. So thank you, Metal Master, for listening. Thanks for the email. Any of you can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com, classicguitarrock at mail.com. Now, I've titled this episode Escaping from Alcatraz. <laughs> Let's talk about that coming up. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. As mentioned before the break, I've entitled this episode, Escaping from Alcatraz. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about the band Alcatraz. I don't know if you're aware of what's going on there, but this is really a metaphor. Okay, This could be applied to dozens of classic rock bands that have gone through similar type scenarios. So even if you're not a huge fan of Alcatraz, I think this is helpful to have this conversation just so we have an idea of, of the environment today. And a lot of it is tied into longevity. We're now talking about classic rock artists who are in their seventies now, who've been performing for over 50 years, a deep purple, 
for example. You know, many of these bands have been around a long time, so it only makes sense that that there are going to be hiccups like this along the way. Uh, Rat, Queensryche, you know, many bands have had very similar situations that are going on right now in Alcatraz. So let's talk about it really quick. So I mentioned on the last episode, and if you didn't hear the episode two about the family tree, go back and check that out. That'll give you a little context. Graham Bonnet joined Rainbow for the Down to Earth album. And that was up to that point, their most successful commercial, commercial wise, fans will debate that point, but commercially that had been their most successful album. They got two top 40 singles off of that. Graham Bonnet left after the one album and, and Graham Bonnet now kind of had some interest from other record companies. Here's a guy that could sing really well was, you know, good looking in a James Dean <laughs> sort of way, not necessarily a hard rock sort of way, maybe. But right after Rainbow, he finds himself in the Michael Shanker group. And that album, the Assault Attack album by the Michael Shanker group, to me and to many other fans, that's the best Michael Shanker album there is. So obviously, Graham Bonnet is is a, a marketable commodity at this point. Now, some unfortunate things happened in Michael Shanker group. He found himself no longer there. And then in the early 80s, around 83, he's the focus of a new project. And that is, hey, let's build a band around Graham Bonnet. Uh, this is uh, Rockshire Records was the label at the time. And so Graham Bonnet, along with two musicians from a band called New England, uh, Jimmy Waldo, a keyboard player, and Gary Shea, a bass player, they all meet and get together in Graham's garage in Southern California, and they start writing songs. Obviously, they needed a guitar player and they needed a drummer, but they, at this point, already had a record deal secured. And so the guitar player they landed on was a young kid from Sweden who had, had come over via Mike Varney. If you don't know who Mike Varney is in the early days of, well, not the early days, in the, in the early 80s in Guitar Player Magazine, there was this new artist spotlight and, and Mike Varney was the guy and he had his own label called Shrapnel where he would, he was kind of the vehicle for many of these shreddy type guitar players and Ingve was from that Mike Varney school. And anyways, they, they thought Ingve would be perfect for this. They kind of were looking for a heavier version of Rainbow. And of course, Ingve was perfect for that. I mean, he even wore all black like Richie Blackmore. It was great. So they bring him in and the original drummer was actually Clive Burr of Iron Maiden fame. Clive Burr had been replaced by Nico McBrain, but uh, it became evident uh, very shortly that, that he could not physically for health reasons handle the job. So he was replaced by Jan Uvina on drums. And that was the lineup, Bonnet, Malmsteen, Waldo, Shea, and Uvina that recorded the No Parole from Rock and Roll album, which is an excellent album. Everyone should own it. So they had that album. I mentioned in the last episode that Steve Vai came in and replaced Ingve. Then they had a third album, which was not real successful. It's called Dangerous Games and kind of a weak album. I mean, when you listen to it, they had kind of lost their spark. And that was the last album. And so 
Alcatraz, as promising as they looked at the beginning, they had the one great album, the second album, still a really good album, but was beginning to change, moving away from the neoclassical type stuff. And then the third album was really, they started tanking there. And as a going concern, Alcatraz really didn't exist after that third album. Graham Bonnet had gone on and played with Chris Impelitary. He'd done a project called Blackthorn, and he's kind of this veteran, you know, journeyman singer who, you know, work on projects overseas or whatever, but Alcatraz didn't really exist. And then in the mid, you know, around 2006, he starts touring, calling, uh, calling the group Alcatraz featuring Graham Bonnet, which really Graham Bonnet was the, was the only Alcatraz member actually there. He was playing with uh, Howie Simon at the time, but they did do some touring you know, as Alcatraz featuring Graham Bonnet, but no records were made. So flash forward, Graham Bonnet had been playing in a couple different, you know, the Graham Bonnet band. And of course, in all of these incarnations, he's playing Alcatraz tunes. He's playing Rainbow tunes. He's playing Michael Shanker tunes, right? So in, in all of the, all of the transmutations, he's, he's playing his back catalog, regardless of whatever uh, band it came from. But about two years ago, they actually started calling the band Alcatraz because he had brought Jimmy Waldo, the keyboard player, back and Gary Shea, the original bass player. So they felt at that point they could legitimately call this band Alcatraz and had been touring. And in this year, earlier this year, they released an album as Alcatraz. It's called Born Innocent. And actually, a pretty good album. And when you consider that Graham Bonnet is like 73 or 75 or he's in his seventies, it sounds really good. And the band sounds really good. Well, on the fourth of this month, uh, there was a, a, a press release, couple different dueling press releases, one from Graham Bonnet, one from the, from the other side from Alcatraz, right? From Gary Shea and Jimmy Waldo. So Graham Bonnet says, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but on his Facebook, uh, in fact, this one I'm looking at is four hours old. So this is fairly recent. He says, hi, everyone. Since my last post, I've received many emails expressing confusion about the band situation. And again, rather than respond individually, I will clarify here. And he basically points out that he has parted ways with Giles Lavery management. So Giles Lavery was their manager. And he said, I have parted company. He says, no one was fired. He said, we've just chosen to go a different direction. Well, ironically, maybe ironically is not the right word. Interestingly, the rest of the band stuck with Giles. <laughs> so Graham's saying, well, okay, our, uh, Alcatraz is no more, except the rest of the band is saying, well, yeah, no, we're still Alcatraz. We just don't have Graham Bonnet anymore. So that's awkward. Right. And so on the one hand, you say, OK, well, here's Graham Bonnet, the guy that the band was built for, built around. And he says in this latest statement, he says, I will continue to tour and record as Alcatraz. And then you've got the rest of the guys from Alcatraz, Gary Shea and Jimmy Waldo, who say, well, we're we're Alcatraz and we will continue to tour and record as Alcatraz. And by the way, our new lead singer is Doogie White. Again, this is kind of awkward because Doogie White, also a member of Rainbow at one point, has worked side by side with Graham Bonnet 
on the later, the newer Michael Schenker stuff, Temple of Rock stuff, and they're friends. And Graham even says in his post, he says, I've toured with Doogie the past few years with Shankerfest, and he is a good friend and a damn fine performer. In my opinion, there's no such thing as too much music. People can listen to one or the other or both versions and choose whatever they like. I'm not interested in squabbling over a name. I'd rather just make music. So Graham is saying, okay, I'm going to continue on as Alcatraz. Uh, the rest of Alcatraz is saying, we're going to continue on as Alcatraz. By the way, here's our new singer, Doogie White. And we could have two Alcatrazes in the near future. Not the first time that's happened. I mentioned Rat. They've done the same thing. Queens Reich, you know, there, there have been two different Queens Reich uh, touring, you know, so that's kind of all been worked out legally. On the one hand, it's sad, right? On the one hand, it's sad that, that it comes down to legal wrangling and who's going to keep the name and those sorts of things. On the other hand, you can be positive about it and say, hey, well, here's, here's two bands that both kind of have a legitimate claim as to who is really Alcatraz. They're both out touring. And as long as they're both good, playing good music, what's the harm? So that's kind of where we are with Alcatraz. And again, you might not be a huge Alcatraz fan, but this is a common thing that happens these days. And much of it has to do with how the music industry has changed. People don't make money like they used to. The The money is not there. Now I say the money is not there. Obviously someone's making money, but sadly, it's usually not the artists. And the the world has changed. People don't buy records like they used to. And the the model with the streaming platforms does not pay uh, like it used to. I mean, record companies have, let's be honest, record companies have always taken advantage of their artists. I mean, that's sad, but true. That's the way it's been. But th with the streaming platforms now, I mean, the the amount that the bands actually see is unbelievably minuscule. And the question you might ask is, well, why do they do it? Well, they, they kind of don't have a choice, you know, and, and oftentimes it's the record companies that's, well, it, all the time is the record companies that strike these deals with Spotify or whoever it is about, you know, having their music on these platforms. There are some bands that are still not available on the streaming platforms because they've held out and said, no, we're not going to do that. But it's only a matter of time because that's the way people listen to music now. That'll be the only way that they can make money. Now, here's one potential upside. And I've gotten in arguments recently with people on this. And I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, yay, streaming's the way to go. From a consumer standpoint, streaming's awesome, right? You, you buy a premium membership on Spotify for 10 bucks a month or whatever it is, and you can listen to as much music you want. And it's great to the artist. Okay. Not so great. However, think about it this way. And sometimes people don't think about this. If you're a record buyer, a music buyer, you're probably like me. A lot of the stuff you buy is brand new. Okay. So obviously the band or the artist makes money when you buy a brand new album, but a lot of what you buy, if you're a collector might be used. You go to the used record store, you order used CDs, whatever. The artist doesn't see any of that money. They don't make anything from you. Where at least if you're streaming, the artists continue to make money from you. 
Even though it's a minuscule amount, they still make something from you every time you listen to their music. If all you're doing is is buying used CDs or or old records or whatever, they're not making anything from that. So uh, again, at least there is some form of revenue from the from the uh, streaming platforms. But my whole point in talking about this is that playing live is how a lot of these bands make the majority of their money, particularly these classic bands that don't get radio play. Okay. So if you're Graham Bonnet, who's 75 years old, if you're Doogie White, who's in your sixties, if you're Michael Schenker, who's in your late sixties, whatever. Okay. The way you can still make money is playing live. And so that's why there's oftentimes this desire for members of bands, even if they've broken up from the band, they continue to want to make money. That's their livelihood. That's how they make money. You can't blame them. So they'll go out and tour and and try to profit off the name. You can't blame them. I mean, that's just the way it is. And this situation with Alcatraz is just one of the latest situations. And again, it's not the first time it's happened. It happens all the time. It will continue to happen all the time. But it's just kind of the way the music business is. Is it fair? No. But I mean, that's just the way it is. And, and the point I always make is from a, from an economic standpoint, you can find multiple examples of when the market changed, right? When the automobile came out, well, people that manufactured horse driven carriages, they were out of business. When the computer or the PC came out, the typewriter industry was killed, right? It's just, it just happens. The marketplace changes. And I think what you see is artists that are able to adapt, adapt. And some, some can do that and some can't. But, you know, more power to these great classic rock bands that are still touring and still able to make money, albeit not like they used to, but they can still make something by out going out and touring live. And that's what we see happening here with Alcatraz. So what do you think about that? Send me an email, classicguitarrock at mail.com, classicguitarrock at mail.com. And let me know what you think about this. Because part of us, we're sad when we see our, our heroes get old. You know, I mean, let's just be honest. We see them get old and, and I see this all the time. Well, they need to just hang it up. Well, you know what? If there's still people willing to pay them to see them perform, why would you hang it up? To me, that's not really fair to expect someone to hang it up as long as people are still paying them. What are people saying about Kiss, this end of the road tour? They need to just hang it up. They haven't. It's not even the original. Blah, 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 blah. Who are we to say whether they should be able to go out and make money? And and Kiss still makes a lot of money from touring. I would say they'd be silly not to do that, right? But other people think, hey, once you're once you're old, you need to just hang it up. Nah, I don't know if that's right. But hey, thanks so much for listening, and uh, please subscribe. We're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts and overcast and we will be available on more and more platforms uh, in the coming week so if you like it please subscribe leave a review and share with your friends and we will see you on the next episode of the classic guitar rock podcast take care 
Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.